We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're talking GLSP, Dynasty, and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. We have an exciting Thursday night matchup going on right now. It looks like some of our favorite players involved in that game. There is also playoff baseball happening right now, too. We don't really ever talk about baseball. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with that, but I will be watching some of that, Curtis. And we have a terrific slate of games coming up in week five. So I'm fired up. How are you doing? Oh, same, man. Um, I'm coming off a high. Uh, the 10-year-old had, uh, we had club soccer practice tonight. And at the end of, the, end of practice, we did a team relay. And I, I, still, I can still smoke these kids. Feels good. No, no mercy. No mercy. Just leaving them in my dust 50 yards behind. Well, I, I don't doubt that, Curtis. Uh, you still look like a man that does fit and knows his way around an athletic field. Uh, but more importantly, I mean, my ham- my hammies may be better than Christian McCaffrey's. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> let's get into it. All right, let's do it. So uh, I want to start off talking about a couple of quick notes from the GLSP. We're going to kind of do this episode fairly efficiently tonight is the plan. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Curtis, I don't know if you saw this. It's unfortunate. We'll miss the game against the Jets. Now, the Jets defense from a passing perspective has actually been fairly stout, which is kind of an odd thing. If you look at certain metrics, it looks like they've been middle of the road. But when it comes to limiting fantasy points, they've been pretty good. Some of that is that teams haven't needed to pass on them a great deal. But nonetheless, uh, didn't set up like the greatest matchup. But if you had Ridley, you were looking forward to playing him. So what do you do now? I consulted with the GLSP. We have a couple of options. 
Uh, I tried to grab players that are very likely, somewhat likely, and not very likely to be available, depending on your league. So I'm going to list off these three names, Curtis. Then you can tell me if any of these guys are ones that you would go with if you were forced into it. First player, KJ Osborne. Minnesota is facing Detroit. He's expected to get around 6.6 targets. Um, Turn that into around four and a half receptions, nearly 70 yards. And the GLSP likes him for half a touchdown. Um, Not too much upside with only... um, well, 20% of his matches going over 20 is a fair amount of upside. 20% going 15 to 20, then actually 26% going between uh, 10 and 15. So that's KJ Osborne. Also on the season, Curtis, 14.2 expected points to start the year. 9.5 in week two. Dropped down to just 3.2 in week three, but it was back around 12.2 in week four. So there's been decent target volume, decent expected points. This is a favorable matchup with Detroit could be an option. Darnell Mooney. Of course, there's questions about how that team will function as things continue to transition into the team being Justin Fields. But Mooney, 7.3 targets expected on average when players like Mooney have faced opponents like the Raiders. Nearly five receptions, 56 yards. Lower odds, though, of scoring a touchdown at just 10%. Um, 45% of his matches went between 10 and 15, not as much upside as Osborne. Um, but perhaps you like to just have that comfort in that concentration. His expected points have been pretty good as well. 11.9 in week one, 14.3 in week two, 6.2 in week three, 11.8 in week 13, or well, I'm way ahead of myself there in week four, bringing us to Braxton Berrios. In the opposite side of this game with Atlanta, 6.6 targets expected, 4.4 receptions, 50 yards, 10 uh, or, or 0.1 touchdowns, um, 10 to 15.30% of his matches, uh, just 15% between 15 to 20. But his expected points started off pretty well in the season, 12.7, 16.8. They've dropped down to 4.6 and 3.8. Um So those are three kind of deeper options that the GLSP is giving us. You could look at as I read those names, any of those guys, types of players that you'd be looking at for fill in here, if you had an unexpected situation like this on your roster. Yeah, for sure. And I'll go in order of uh, like the least to like the most. So not a bit, not a big fan of, of the Barrios idea, you know, maybe two weeks ago um, I would have. And if you look at his season long, um, stats, um, he does show up a little bit, you know, but Jameson Crowder is back now. Yep. Um, you know, we potentially get Elijah Moore back. Um, we've seen, um, Corey Davis. So I, I just, I mean, we're talking about, you know, probably the fourth target in the jets offense, um, in a game where Atlanta maybe doesn't figure to score a lot of points. So how much will the jets need to continue peppering, um, you know, their kind of, uh, the, the receivers that are on down the line, you know, with these types of uh, with these types of targets. So, um, and, and I think it would be a low floor situation anyway. Um, yep. I, you know, second on the list for me would be KJ Osborne because Detroit has given up some pretty huge games to opposing wide receivers. 
Um, but in one of our other tools that just went live this week, that's been populated with enough uh, data to uh, to be useful, our GPS matchup reader. It shows us where players score their fantasy points on the field and where opposing defenses surrender those points. Detroit has been by far most susceptible um, in the deep passing game. And KJ Osborne is just not used in that way. Um, Justin Jefferson is getting those targets as well as um, some usage for Adam Thielen there. Um, and again, we're talking about the third uh, passing off option in an offense that probably won't have to pass all game against Detroit. I would expect the Vikings to control that game. Um, so that brings us to Darnell Mooney. Um, I like I like the implied game script here uh, for Chicago. They should be trailing in this game again. You know, they're overmatched against Las Vegas. Las Vegas has also surrendered their biggest games. I'm in the NFL stat explorer here looking at Mooney's um, matchup. Their biggest game surrendered are to wide receivers who remind me um, quite a bit of Darnell Mooney uh, over the last their last five games played. Of course, that includes Week 17 last year. But Jerry Judy hung 27 on him. Uh, Hollywood Brown 19.4, Deontay Johnson 19.5. Those are all kind of slight, um, quick uh, receivers who can um, do some damage at all levels of the field, but especially intermediate and deep. And then um, just two weeks ago, Jalen uh, Waddle, even though he didn't actually get them deep. Um, he did post 17.8 fantasy points uh, because of an incredible 12.58-0 line. <laughs> um, so it, it kind of seems like Vegas has trouble with these small shifty receivers because uh, then we see Keenan Allen, you know, last week just go seven for 36. Um, you know, and you would expect him to at least keep pace, you know, with everyone that I've already read off. So, um, yeah, I, I think Mooney's... A, a fantastic fill-in option there. If I hop back over to the GPS matchup Raider, um, he's the only one with a, a somewhat neutral matchup there as well. Barrios actually has a negative 12% uh, matchup rating. Uh, Osborne, negative 4%. Mooney is, uh, as Mike Beers, uh, the creator of this tool, um, taught me, if we get real close to that 0% range, we don't want to pay too much attention to a negative percentage. So the, the minus four for Osborne and the minus two for Mooney, probably not material, yep. but when you start looking at what similar receivers have done against similar defenses, uh strong head nod uh, in Mooney's favor here. Yeah. So th- this is one of those cool things now where you've reached a point in the season. There's a lot of different data points we can pull from. So one of the things that I like doing is using these tools in different ways, combining them, kind of cutting at the information that we have available a number of different ways when I'm making decisions for my team. So I wanted to highlight how we could kind of work through some of that process there. The other thing I did want to bring up, Curtis, because I was playing around with the matchup reader as well. And this is also reflected to some extent in the GLSP that this is looking like a good week for Devonta Parker and Jalen Waddle. Uh, if you look at their matchups that they have, uh, they have two of the best matchups uh, according to the GPS Raider. And on top of that, Devonte Parker is probably going to draw a lot of coverage from Richard Sherman, who got it destroyed by Jacoby Myers last week after his 270 days or whatever it was off. Sherman got thrust into that game. The Patriots picked up on the fact that he was kind of struggling for Richard Sherman levels of struggling. And even like for a regular player, uh, you know, or, you know, 
the memory that you might have had of Richard Sherman did not look like the Richard Sherman that was out there. So they kind of picked on him. I think that uh, the Dolphins could do the same. And then also uh, Jalen Waddle will get Ross Cockrell, uh, who's allowing a pretty decent number of fantasy points to be scored on targets directly against him when covering the slot, which is where Waddle's probably going to be operating at it, operating out of maybe 70 to 80% of the time. So GLSP liked those guys. I like them when I kind of look at the way these matchups should work. And then also the GPS matchup rate or liked them as well. And on top of that, Will Fuller is not available for the Dolphins. So there's even more of a reason that these two players should get volume. So they're another option. Perhaps you had them on your roster and you could put one of them into your lineup to make up for the absence of Ridley. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I mean, the Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to be trailing probably by multiple scores uh, by the time we reach midway through the second quarter. Uh, so I, I foresee, you know, a lot of passing attempts for uh, Jacoby Brissett. And, and you know, another way to maybe play this game, whether we're, we want to talk DFS or maybe you need to stream a quarterback in your super flex league or uh, you're just not liking the matchup for your your typical starter. I mean, you can you can scrape Jacoby Brissett up off the, you know, it, either with a waiver bid or, you know, potentially in first come first serve, depending on your your league settings at this point, if, if waivers have already run. And feel pretty good about it. I mean, the last uh, four, I mean, year to date, the four quarterbacks who have faced Tampa Bay um, have all, you know, done their damage. The the better quarterbacks and Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, able to do whatever they wanted. You know, seven touchdowns, almost 750 yards between them in two games. And then, you know, our more mediocre quarterbacks, you know, at at least at this point, um, and Matt Ryan and Mac Jones, they still scored almost 20 fantasy points um, uh, on, on Tampa Bay. So another way to play this, if you don't, have those wide receivers uh, and you need some quarterback coverage is just to go with Jacoby Brissett. And then of course you can probably get a, a really nice near min priced stack um, of the dolphins um, in, uh, in DFS uh, on, on various platforms. So if you, if you, uh, if, if that's your deal um, and you want to go, you know, a little maybe contrarian, you know, Lenny Fournette and run it back with the dolphins and move on to the rest of your lineup. Oh my goodness. All right. That is something uh, however, though, I do want to take a second here now, Curtis, and uh, let's talk a little dynasty quickly. I know that you're going to be having an article, your dynasty command center article coming out of the weekend. You've started doing some research. You're always thinking about dynasty. Hit me with some of the things that are at the top of your mind right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, what I'm really trying to figure out is this, you know, this quarter pole of the season. This is my, usually when I'm doing a, a really big, almost start from scratch uh pass at my dynasty rankings each year um it's, it gets you know throughout the off season you know um th- there's various updates that that you make you know based off of um you know sometimes it's player movement uh it could be injury it could be you know changing teams it could be uh what we see in in if preseason validates coach speak in terms of of usage or you know new offensive schemes all of those types of things but they're just small movements um, after the NFL draft, it's just tweaking until you feel you know good about it. Well, now we've got a lot, we've got a lot of information and we want to be ahead of everyone else in our, in our league. And, you know, I think redraft players are often, you know, a lot better at adjusting on player value, um, in terms of like their start sits and stuff like that. I mean, dynasty, the whole point of it is kind of being, lo- you know, you're building something and you almost feel like a loyalty to some of the, <laughs> the players on your roster, um, but you know, our goal is to compete every year. And so we need to be very decisive, um, and, and, you know, kind of start from scratch with all of this new information, because the most important games are the ones that are left this year. And the the next most important games are the ones that are going to be, you know, in September next year. Um, and as much as we care about all the years that a player has left, uh, what's happened this year gives us a lot of information about, you know, the rest of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. So with that, I want to take uh, a little time here and talk just about a couple of running backs that we spoke a lot about this summer and get a gauge for, you know, maybe how you would view them in, in a head to head battle, a uh, trade battle, um, or even just your own personal rankings to get a sense on how aggressive maybe I am. Um, so a player that's playing tonight, Daryl Henderson, you know, he has a rib injury, Uh, He, you know, he, other than, you know, the game where he went out, he's been dominating touch share. Um, Sonny Michelle has really not carved into that role yet. Um, You know, he's just in, in year three. Um, He's playing for a a coach who seems to be backing up all the positive things he said about Henderson, locking it down. But then next year we do see Cam Akers, you know, coming back from the torn Achilles. So if Henderson keeps up his production trends, you know, I like to use a game splits app for this type of stuff when we're, we're looking at a player's career over a couple of seasons. Now the rest of the season, he's going to get 12 rushing attempts per game. I would think, I mean, that's, that's very much like mid to low RB two usage. And when Henderson gets just 12 rushing attempts, he averages 15 PPR per game. And that's, that's, I mean, that's low to mid RB one production. It's not elite, but it's low to mid RB one production. So it, it gets us into this weird spot where he could be good enough to win lots of games for you. But if it's not enough, if he doesn't really explode, will it be enough not to be kind of get pushed back in line by Cam Akers if he heals really well? I mean, I've actually already seen a uh, video of Cam Akers jogging at 70%. It's like crazy. 
Um, so, so where are you on Henderson? I mean, is, is this a player that you think is a top 50 dynasty asset at this point, or do you not feel, uh, I mean, are you, are you a little bit more bearish on him? It's a really tricky one, especially evaluating him at this point where you still have the entirety of the season left. Um, but I will say one of the reasons that I was a little bit more concerned about Cam Akers than other people was because I believed that Daryl Henderson had given us very good signs that we're going to make it a situation where Sean McVay was not going to be able to entirely remove him from the offense because it would make sense for them to use both of the backs in some type of configuration. Uh, yes, Cam Akers is going to be coming back. Perhaps he does take over the majority of the share or, or, you know, the opportunity to share there. But I still think Henderson's going to be pretty useful heading into next season. Does he go into my top 50? I'd like to say yes, but I think he's probably borderline. That seems like the good, the right place to kind of set that number. Um, In terms of what I would trade for him right now, I definitely think that he's worth a first round value. Um. So maybe he's like a first and change is kind of where I'm at right now on Henderson. Then, of course, there's the natural caveat of some of it depends on what you need to do for your team, um, what type of window you're playing in. But there's no day like the present. So I think, you know, right now he commands a pretty decent price. Yeah, I, th- I think you land in a spot where, you know, most people who are Henderson have been Henderson fans would probably land. You want to believe that he's, he's going to do well enough in the role. You know, maybe he outperforms that 15 PPR as he gets stronger and the season goes on. Um, and you know, the team is forced into, you know, a Cleveland Browns type timeshare and, you know, Henderson could get the, the cream hunt, um, role in that configuration and, and still maintain his value. So if that's the case, um, you know, I, th- I think what you're saying is correct. Um, I think my concern, my slight concern with them is that if we don't really see a, you know, if he doesn't blow up in October, just totally blow up in October, he's probably at like his max value mm-hmm. um, right now. And so if you're a team that's not competing and you want to be on the opposite side of what Dave just said and, and move him for the first and change, you know, I, I also think even though he is young, um, I think that you also have to be thinking about that. So he's a player to watch very, very closely. And even after I, I do these rankings adjustments, I could see even just after this Thursday night game um, and the next one to two weeks as he's healthier and healthier and the team you know, really gets into its cadence of what it wants to do, um, him settling into where he needs to be. I want to go further up the rankings for this other player uh, that I'm struggling with. And we talked about him, um, I think, multiple weeks in a row now. Um, because he had a really weird stat line last week, but just how high are you on on Najee Harris? Um, you know, we're we're four games into the season, twenty six receptions, thirty four targets, just insane numbers for a running back. Obviously, we're not going to have busted Big Ben back there checking down, you know, for the entirety of Harris's career. But I mean, I think there would have been people who would have potentially taken the under on twenty six receptions for the season, um, let alone at the the quarter pole. So um, hasn't really got anything going on the ground yet. Um, You know, 55 uh, attempts for 185 yards and just, you know, the single touchdown. Don't expect him to find, you know, a solution to the the Steelers run game woes anytime soon either. So it's probably going to be a pretty pedestrian uh, rushing line at the end of the season. But how do you view Harris versus guys like 
Antonio Gibson or even like Alvin Kamara, um, you know, guys who we were very, very high on, but they just aren't producing at the elite level where people expected them to be. I mean, they're under 15 points a game. And we've got Harris without even scoring any touchdowns is averaging 17 points a game. Um, would you take Harris straight up over Kamara or Antonio Gibson in Dynasty right now? Yeah. So before I directly answer that, I want to share a couple of numbers with people here in the stealing signals tool. We have a stat called HVT. It's what Ben calls high value touches. Ben Gretsch, of course, just in case anybody wasn't aware. So he has the stealing signals newsletter. We put out this tool uh, to just add a little something for people that like to check that out. If they want to come to Rotoviz and see some of the, you know, be able to play around with more of that data in there. High value touches are receptions or green zone touches, which are rushing attempts inside the 10. Najee Harris leads the league in high value touches. Obviously having 26 receptions help, but in terms of the actual rushing work, he's in the top 15 as well. Uh, Percentage of team high value touches. He has 100. As an aside, Curtis, do you know who the other player is that has the entire percentage of their team's high value touches? Oh my gosh. We just talked about him. I'll, I'll, I'll spare us the time. Henderson. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. That's great. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'm bringing all of this up here just to give a little bit of the reason why you could feel pretty good about him so far in addition to what you said. So I still think that Hender, uh, excuse me, not Henderson, Harris, still pretty talented. I would have liked to have seen him at this point do a little bit more of a rusher, but I think that's, I think that's okay. As you said, Ben isn't always going to be there, but I also think that the team might be able to improve its offensive line. I'm not too concerned about them bringing in another back that's going to take work and them going to more of a platoon system as I looked forward. So in comparison to a player like Alvin Kamara, who at this point has been in the league for a while, I think this is where you've got to start to make the switch, kind of shoot your shot on some level, going with these younger players that are going to continue to ascend. Kamara probably on a downward track, given where he is in his career. So I actually think that at this point, I'd be willing to move Harris for Alvin. It looks like even in the context of this year, you might be getting something similar. And then the remaining production from them over the course of where there's going to be useful is probably better for Harris. I think it's a closer contest with Antonio Gibson. And (laughs) very honestly, that one, I don't have too great of a feel on. Um, But I think right now, if I'm forced to choose... I'm probably going to lean slightly towards Harris, but I think that that one, I'm curious where you are on that. Honestly, I'd probably have to dig in a little bit more to Gibson. I just happened to be looking at Harris a little bit more recently. So there's some, some recency bias in there. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I mostly, well, I definitely agree with everything you said about um, Camara and, you know, to apply some redraft, uh, I guess just, redraft analysis into the dynasty piece because we have so much of this season left and you can start to kind of see what's going to happen with player values. Um, Najee has a top five um, opposing fantasy defense schedule, you know, rest of season. And in particular, the back half of the season is just baller. Um, He is probably going to end the season with gobs and gobs of, of fantasy points, you know, conversely, Camara has uh, the fifth toughest 
uh, schedule. Now, I mean, he's a player that because of his receiving work can, you know, and that's kind of the same thing with Najee, how he's been producing. They can produce a a floor um, in any situation because of that usage. But I think it sets up better for for Najee um, based off of the schedule. Um, And Antonio Gibson is a little bit more difficult, but I think I like his explosiveness Mm -hmm. enough um, to where I still see I see him potentially becoming a true elite like hammer before the end of the year. I still think that is within his range of outcomes, especially with how good uh, Taylor uh, Heineke has looked and, you know, the way that Washington has looked. I just think there's more overall offensive upside for him to potentially emerge and be a, you know, a real difference maker versus kind of a mid RB one. So I, I think I still prefer Gibson, to Harris, but I think Harris Camara is a true coin flip. It's uh, it's it's eye of the beholder. Um, and as I'm in here in the strength of schedule streaming app, it's funny that landed on these two backs uh, for this <laughs> dynasty discussion. Do you know who has the best overall running back schedule the rest of the season, Dave? <laughs> I don't. I'm, it's Daryl Henderson. Yeah, that's it's Daryl Henderson. It's it's nuts. And not only is it the best the rest of the season, um, if you look at weeks 13 through 17. So that's going to cover um, the entirety of the fantasy playoffs, no matter how your league adjusted. Um, second overall, specifically in that uh, corridor of the season, um, so he could end really strong. Um, and that you know, so you, you know, trading for him now um, with the idea that he gets stronger as the season goes, and if if he starts, if he becomes a league winner that last you know four or five six weeks of the season. Um, that will totally change his his value. So speculating there could still make sense. Your two and two team need to go out and find some juice. Uh, you know that's that's a that's a potential move for you. So you know check back on the site. You know this weekend uh, I'll be you know cutting up some of these players that are in this range. You know not the elites of the elite. Probably give some uh, advice on what to do with Christian McCaffrey. Um, and some of the other elites as well. Uh, but the running back position will really be in focus. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, it'll really be just totally resetting those dynasty values so we can get ahead of our competition. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, obviously, you always need to be evaluating this dynasty stuff, just like you should always be evaluating what you're doing from a redraft perspective in the confines of your roster. So we have plenty of tools, plenty of analysis up on the site to help you do all of that as a reminder, if you have not done it yet, you need to go do it now. Promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout on a one-year sub, giving you everything that you need to know for your, all of your fantasy endeavors. Uh, and with that, Curtis, I think, you know what? We haven't heard from you heading into a Friday, heading into the weekend in a while. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to put you um, on the spot. No, it's no, it, it won't at all. Okay. Um, so, so I, I'm just going to, I'm going to go back since it has been a little bit, uh, since, since we've had this, you know, kind of encouragement. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to, you know, kind of my personal, uh, mantra here for a minute. You know, it's, it's work hard and stay positive. And if, if, you know, if, if you can't stay positive, work hard and find the positivity. If you, um, can't work hard, stay positive and find a way to work. I mean, I, I've got a bracelet on my hand. I, I turn it around based off of what I need to do at the moment. Dave, I'm telling you what, I'm working hard right now. I'm in the midst of a 28 straight day work grind uh, at the hospital. Oh boy. And uh, so I'm going into a really key 
point, you know, obviously there's a lot of you know stuff still going on in our country that, you know, with you know, political conversation uh, around what to do, you know, medically, you know, with the, the pandemic. And so, so I'm in a spot where, um, you, you know, actually fancy football helps me stay positive. Um, and so, you know, I like tying that even in, you know, what are the things that you can do that, that energize you? And so it, you know, maybe your fantasy season isn't going well and it's not something that makes you feel positive. There's gotta be something else, you know, um, you know, something else in your family life or another hobby that you have, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like, man, this is gonna be tough to do again tomorrow, find that thing that lights you up, gives you energy and, uh, make sure you prioritize it. Even if it's just for a couple minutes, um, in your day, it can reset your brain and, uh, turn your day around, turn the way that you interact with people around, um, and so, you know, that, that's really my focus. Um, I happen to be mostly crushing my fantasy season. So it is a way that, um, that, that I stay, <laughs> I stay positive. Um, and also, you know, getting to hang with Dave and, um, you know, just be part of this awesome site, uh, with, with all the amazing analysts at Rotoviz and, and the other owners, uh, something that, you know, fills up my soul as well. So, um, as we head into the weekend, best of luck in all of your fantasy matchups, but, uh, even more importantly, best of luck in whatever life throws at you. And wheels up, Daryl Henderson. 